hi, it's the girl out there right here with you. And yep, we are here at season four. I am so excited for all the guests that have already said yes to share their stories with you and for all the learning that is about to arrive, as well as, of course, for the girl out there and Dear Diary to be back and sharing with you. 2024 feels like an amazing and inspiring year. Yep, tune on in. Here we go. Here we go. Hi, it's the girl out there right here with you. It's me, Cindy, and we are back. Season four. We're here. I feel like I should have a new intro, but not yet. And we are here with... Cody, Cody's back. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> it wouldn't be a new season without Cody. <laughs> I love that. I feel very honored to be um, opening the season with you. Thank you I so know. much. Welcome, Cody. So I just, uh, I know I'm all excited now. Like I didn't say it's Cody. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. We were just talking before about like, well, what should we talk about? What should we share? And there's so much. And actually, I'm going to round back because it just went in my head. You know me when things pop in my head, then I have to share them to the very first moment I met you. And I I mm-hmm. had met you on, um, well, you had booked a one to one and you are uh, you're in New York. No, where are you? Yeah, you- you're right. I'm in New York. Yeah, okay, in New York. I didn't know if it was right outside, but um, you'd booked a one-to-one intuitive session with me. And uh, I will not go into all the details of that, but there was a question you asked and you said, I want to know if I'm going to have a baby. And mm-hmm. uh, you had said, you know, we've been trying, we've been struggling and people don't think we're go- this will ever happen. And I remember looking at you in the eye saying, no, no, you're going to have a baby. And you were kind of like, well, how are you going to be so sure of that? And all, and this back and forth. And I was like, no, you're going to have a baby. Uh, and I was very confident in that, like overly confident. And what happened this year, Cody? I had a baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, turn that off. <laughs> Yeah. So you've had this um, baby, things are going so well. And not that that was about me, but I just, uh, I love when those things actually, uh, for anyone out there who has doubts or struggles in their life. And uh, I had a very minor struggle having um, a child, not nearly what you had gone through, but uh, it's always nice to hear that uh, story of the, that it it happens. And when people are not feeling that it could ever be possible, um, you have a beautiful, daughter and uh yeah yeah and I love sharing that because not only because I'm just so you know happy to have her but um I do know that so many people that want to have children are struggling with that and you know I don't like that this well not, not not like that but like we tried for five years. I was told by the top specialist in New York city that I was incapable of having a child. I would never have a child, not even be an IVF. Like it just was not going to happen. And, um, you know, but there was something, and we, we actually were in the process of adopting. So it was a very long journey and I got pregnant naturally and I had her somewhat naturally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, um, 
yeah. And, you know, it's possible. It's, it's, I just, yeah, I like to be a reassurance for anyone that is struggling with that, that there are, you know, babies are magic and nobody can say um, whether or not you're going to have a child. And, and even though I was, you know, always like questioning it because it was such a long time and I'm my age, I'm 42 and I'm told that that's like a dinosaur when it comes to having child children. Um, there was something in me that knew, you know, and I was always just looking for confirmation. And I love that about you, Cindy, you're very, very honest. And I really respect that about you. Like you say it, like you see it. And I know that if you hadn't seen that, you would have said no in like a gentle way. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. I have had to bluntly say things in gentle ways to people too. <laughs> Um, and I will always say that to people as well. So yeah. I just, I always love that because it was just this confidence that because it doesn't come from me, it comes from somewhere else. And, mm-hmm. um, so I just knew that that was going to be, uh, the thing you would share with me at some point. And I was so excited when that happened. And so when we were and congratulations, um, Thank you. <laughs> and I, I, so when I, I knew that this season was going to come on. I knew obviously that I was Miss Cody back. And what I've loved watching about you is how you just share your your journey so uniquely. How whatever you're feeling uh, within you, uh, you just you kind of dive into. So, um, you know, I always like I wonder what Cody's doing now, and so and and not in like that's similar to me, but I, I, yeah. I love it because you're, whatever you're learning about, whatever you're feeling inspired about, um, you tap into that, you keep whatever else you've learned as part of what your growth is. Um, but then you're like, oh, this is, this is what is for me. And I really love that. It's not that you're like, this is who I am from when I was 20. And this must be what I always do for the remainder of my life. You continue to learn and grow and bring that in and I love it um Mm -hmm. so I just thought well let's uh let's learn about what you're doing yeah thank you so much Cindy and I think like you know my perspective on that is that sometimes that's a little challenging because I did have a dream when I was a kid of like what I wanted to be when I grew up and that was a circus performer and I did achieve that and I was a circus performer for 10 years and after that career ended rather abruptly uh, due to my health, um, I feel like I've kind of been a little like and you know, so it's nice to see that like that doesn't come, that's not what the the perception is and I do also feel that, you know, there's a lot of pressure in our societies. I know you and I are in different countries, but I think this is pretty cross-cultural, at least Canada and the US of like, what are you going to be? And then you have to be that thing. And then it's like, there's little room to evolve. And, um, you know, uh, I, I am really committed to evolution and to just being true to what feels relevant and passionate to me and letting go of things that don't and shifting uh, out of things that aren't any, you know, don't, don't align anymore, whether they were like, you know, quote unquote successful or not. So, so yeah, that's totally where I'm at. And, um, I feel, I do feel though, that now I am finally after like 10 years of not being a circus performer, um, 
sort of in a place where I feel like I'm going to be for quite some time. And I feel like I'm going to evolve within this space versus the other spaces that I've been in before that felt great. And like, I felt passionate about them, but there was a part of me that was like, "Mm, this isn't quite it. I'll just keep going. You know, I'll just keep going down the road and see like where this leads me. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. Like I, um, I often describe that for myself where I, I mean, I had a career for 17 years, mm-hmm. but on the side, I kept picking up these little bits, which right. they were like nuggets. Right. And I'd be like, well, this feels good. And it aligns with I, that. I want to help people. And so right. I would dive into it because I was like, that's that feeling inside was really good. So I was like, I could, I could do this. And it, it, it got me talking to people. And there was that, that feeling that I got. So I was, I would try that for a year year and it was the knowledge that I was picking up along the way but then it was suddenly when I was like oh I found it (laughs) totally and so that's exactly how I feel yeah so I think it's it's not that any of those pieces weren't correct it was just they were the they were sort of like the storyboard to get you to the final book right yeah 100 percent. and I still utilize those um with what Hmm. I'm doing now it's just you know, it just feels different and it's hard. You can't ever, I feel like you can't know what that feeling is going to feel like until you land in it. Right. It's like, you don't know that you're not where you're going until you get there and you go, Oh, got it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And who knows in like five years, I might be like, ah, I was so naive. I thought I was going to be right. Um, but that's, that's kind of who I am. I'm, I'm committed to, to, like you said, to just being authentic to what it is I am passionate about and sharing that in a way that I hope is of service um, because I do really care about um, helping others. Like I know you do. I think that's something that we don't talk about too much that we're really aligned on, but I know we are. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you were just, what talking. is this thing that you <laughs> what speak is of? What are you doing? <laughs> People are like, what are they talking about? Um, What's the and secret? They see I'm like beat red now. Um, so I, I have been interested in feng shui for a really long time, like since my dad was into it in the nineties, which is actually, you know, pretty not common in New York city where I grew up. Uh, my dad was like feng shui his office and things. And I've just, just always been like adjacent to me. Um, and every time I move, I kind of like, you know, look on the internet or whatever resources I had. Um, and a few years ago, I was introduced to a teacher a feng shui teacher. And I really connected with her and what she, the wisdom that she was sharing and the way that she was sharing it. And I just started, you know, taking her classes and I did a one-on-one consultation on this home that my husband and I have been building for the last three years. Um, and she eventually opened a certification program last year. And initially I thought I would just take it to enhance what I was doing with health coaching, with working with people around the body. And through the course through the course of the course and the course of the certification, I realized that it was actually the other way around, that this was really the wisdom that I wanted to carry and share and grow deeper in. And that everything that I've learned about the body and all the energetic techniques that I've learned, you know, emotion code that I know, you know, very well, um, were really going to help me help people's homes and help people in what is called feng shui and what my teacher's certification is house therapy. That's just her, um, what she calls her course. So, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been all about the energy of the home and helping people align their environments to 
what they want in life and how helping people see that their environments are showing them things about themselves and about their lives, or in some ways, maybe, you know, creating blocks or it's just like a wealth of information. And I'm super passionate about it. I think that, um, people more and more are starting to understand how much environment matters and how much, um, where you're living, where you're working is influencing your energy and vice versa. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where I've landed. So where did feng shui, like, how did that all begin? The actual feng shui? Yeah. Okay. So feng shui is ancient. It's from China. I I don't want to butcher the date, so I'm not going to give one, but it's, and I'm going to give just, just for clarity for everybody, I'm going to give a very kind of like hackneyed (laughs) history of feng shui. This is not just for sake of time. This is not like a thorough history. So please know that I know that. Um, But basically it started as a way for uh, royalty to find ideal burial sites. And that evolved over time, like uh, into where to live. And in in the beginning of feng shui, it was really about the earth and the land. Um, you know, there were principles that these masters of feng shui carried and they would help people first align their burial plots and then their homes to be in alignment with the energy of the land. And over time it's been, you know, evolved and evolved. And just like anything else, like yoga for is a really good example, right? Like yoga is originally from a place that's not United States, right? I don't want to say where yoga is from because I don't want to get it wrong. I believe it's from India. Okay. <laughs> um, is that correct? I think no, so. I don't right? know. <laughs> I'm not a yoga expert. So don't, a yoga don't, expert. don't go after me on that. Um, but yoga now has evolved, right? There's lots of westernized practices of yoga and there's different, you know, sects of yoga, strains of yoga. So it's similar with feng shui. There, there's been an evolution. Um, there was a master that brought feng shui to the West and altered some of the principles slightly to be more in alignment with how we live in Western society. And that's the type of feng shui that I practice. It's called black sect feng shui or um, BTB feng shui. And there's a lot of different schools of feng shui. And that's the one BTB or black sect is the feng shui that I'm most familiar with that I'm most educated in. Although I do pull from other um, influences from time to time. So yeah, so that's so after you know those principles have evolved with feng shui as well so we're no longer talking about finding an ideal place to be buried but we are still working with the land that you live on how to be in alignment with that land what that land is telling you about challenges or opportunities you may have in your life and how to optimize them how to optimize the flow of energy the translation of feng shui is literally wind water so feng shui and so it's sort of the flow and water is seen as abundance so it's kind of the how the abundance is flowing in your life okay <laughs> that was a lot I know I just like laid it all out there right because <laughs> water is seen as abundance but also infinite right so like that's how I've defined water like sure, yeah never be- ending or never beginning there is water, no yeah water is very significant yeah right for sure so if you were to come into my house mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just imagining you'd be like whoa it is not you don't know you don't know maybe not go ahead go ahead but I want to know so why you would, you're saying you would just look in each room to be like how do we 
how do we look at this space to get the energy flow without the blocks? Like right. I well, so, go ahead. Go, 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 go. Yeah, you go. There you go. <laughs> I know what you're oh, I was just thinking, I've just I've just been um learning a lot about um like the law of um prosperity, which mm -hmm. is just a different different law, but the, they all right. kind of go together, but they're different, right? And yep. how uh, so I went through my storage room knowing that it has old energy um, based on the fact that it has boxes that have been in there since my marriage 12 years ago. But the energy actually is allowing blocks to be in my house without me knowing it. So I'm assuming that would be the same sort of thing. So by actually removing 100%. that energy from my house, I'm allowing abundance in to, to me. Uh, so, you know, that's what I've just been going like re recognizing in myself. Like if I sell off things that are um, old energy and then bringing the money in, I'm actually keeping the old energy in my house as well. So I have to really be clear on what I'm wanting. Do I want to just give the old stuff away rather than sell it? Uh, I don't know if that's, is that the same? Oh my gosh. Yes. This is all within the umbrella of feng shui for sure. Okay. And it's so interesting too, because, you know, it's like, it isn't, it, it, we don't have to call it feng shui, which is why sometimes I, I will just say house therapy, because sometimes when people, when I say the words feng shui, people automatically like go religious for some reason, which is absolutely not affiliated with any religion at all. Right. So yes, everything you're talking about is things that I would look at as a feng shui practitioner. That is a huge deal. Like the energy of what you're keeping in your home and recognizing what that means. Like, here's, a, let me give you a good example. First of all, I have a feeling I'd walk into your home and I'd be like, this is so Cindy. And that's one of the most important <laughs> things. Having your home feel like you is a huge, important thing. So I have a feeling that we'd, that'd be right on. Um, but here's a really good example. So let's say, and I'm going to use it like within the realm of what you're talking about. Let's say somebody comes and their primary objective is to find a partner, right? That's their primary objective. So I always work with intention. I'm very, that's what, that's kind of the lens that I look through feng shui is intention. So it's not just like, oh, let's make sure your energy is optimized. Cause what that's kind of too general, right? Like optimized to what, right? <laughs> optimized for who? So the question is more like, what are you wanting or, or what's challenging? What's your intention? What, what is that? So this person's intention that I've made up is that they want to find love. And okay, so we do some other things, but eventually we make it to their bedroom and we look in their bedroom and I look around their bedroom and this is what I see. I see that under their bed, they have a box of old photographs of them and their ex-boyfriend or ex-husband. I see that they have one nightstand. I see that they have images all over their room of just them or them with their friends. I see that their dog is sleeping in the corner. I see that there's a bunch of uh, stuff of their kids that's kind of like collected on the side. I see that um, their dressers are overflowing and their closet is overflowing. There's no space. So this is what I would say to that person, right? This is what your space is reflecting back to you. Your space is reflecting back to you that you're holding on to the past by having all these photos under your bed. Your bed is also, your bedroom is a space of romance, right? It's a space of love. That's why we're in here. So that's one thing too. There's no room for anyone to come into your life because your drawers are overflowing. Your closet's overflowing. There's no space. There's only one nightstand, which signifies solo, right? You're committed to being solo. You're happy. There's no, again, there's no, um, 
metaphorically, there's no partner in this. There's no partner energy in your room. Same with the art on the walls. Metaphorically, you're giving off this solo energy. So now, did that person think any of those things when they were setting up their bedroom? No, probably not, right? But that's what feng shui does. It opens us to see that our homes are metaphorically speaking to us of the energy that we're carrying in 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 a specific area of our lives, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. I I totally agree with you. I I just see this is sometimes where intuition is so fascinating because I put in a second, I had just one um, bedside table and for a long time. And then I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to add in a second uh, thing. And I literally put all of my kids' um, photos. I just was like, I'm just going to get rid of those, which is from the bedroom. And yes, not I general. loved them. I loved them in my room, but then, and didn't have an issue when I'd had a partner having them up. But then I thought, you know what? I'm going to take them down. And so it was just this idea of, what am I actually attracting in? I didn't have a partner, but it was that thought. So, um, because I think we do hold this oldness. So I'm just thinking, as you said it, we, without that intention or that thought, we can just stay to that old space, but how often yeah. do we actually question that? Right. Exactly. And that's, you know, bringing in something else that another thing that my teacher who is Amanda Gibby Peters of simple shui just for uh just so we all know and she's you can find her on Instagram she's amazing um one of the things that she says that I love is like the feng shui is happening whether you participate or not right so all of this is going on whether you decide to participate your your home is carrying an energy your belongings are giving off an energy the way things are flowing is happening in your life, whether you choose to open your eyes to it or not. And the other thing is that it is super intuitive because we're meant to live in harmony with our environment. So when you are somebody that's, you know, an energetic, aware of energy working in, like you working, I'm not surprised. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we did a feng, feng shui consultation and almost everything I said, you were like, oh yeah, I was thinking about that. Or yeah, that sounds really felt right to me because it is very innate to us. It's it's part of our nature, you know, at its core, it's really being in harmony with nature, being in harmony with these organic energies that exist. So it is super intuitive. Hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. Like people will joke like sometimes I, and I wonder about for you, like I will shift rooms around quite often. It's mm -hmm. great. Uh, and so I, yeah, like I wonder, cause it just feels stale. Is that? Yes. Yes. No, totally. That's again, it's like, here's a good example of what I, for me, like we have this sink in our bathroom and it's for months it was slow and it's, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't clogged. Right. So like on a practical level, it was not like causing any issue in life, right? The sink still worked, the water went down, but I know what that means. I know that having a slow sink means that maybe my health could be impacted. Maybe my money could be impacted, like that I needed to attend to that. I also know, oh, this is in this specific, we haven't gotten into the feng shui life area. So I won't, I won't do a deep, you know, deep detour that way. But I know that this is in a specific life area in my home. So I know that it's impacting my creativity and my children. So it's like, once you start to gain this knowledge, you just, it opens up how you see what's occurring in your space. It's like, 
clutter, cleaning up clutter is not just bothering you because you, you know, that like, ah, that clutter bothers me. You're like, oh, I understand why this bothers me. I understand how this could impact me and why I want to address it. So, you know, I've got a plumber, I got a plumber, we fixed the drain and like, ah, it's so much better. And I know now like that doesn't bother me, but if I didn't have the knowledge that I have, I might've just been like, annoyed about the drain for, you know, however long until it became a major problem. So how many areas of feng shui are there? Okay. So sorry, there's not, there's just feng shui, like big umbrella okay. feng shui. Sorry. One of the main principles of feng shui is called the Bagua map, which I also call the nine, uh, the nine life areas. So that's a, a way that the home is viewed. There's a lot of different lenses we could look at your home through using the wisdom of feng shui. And one of those lenses is looking at the Bagua map, which is essentially like a tic-tac-toe map that's laid over your house. And so then different areas of your home carry different meanings. So there's the love and relationships area. There's the children and creativity area. Does that make sense? Do you understand sort of where I'm, I want to make yeah, sure I'm not I like just, on. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's creativity. Yeah. Okay. Can you go deeper? Yeah. But let's, let's take an example. I think that's the easiest way. So, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So there's, so there's these nine life areas, right. And again, there's different ways that this map is laid. And this is where I would just like put a little warning sticker at the top of the, of the microphone to just, you know, this is information that you can find on the internet, but please proceed with caution of looking up the Bagua map and trying yourself to lay it over your house. You might, you know, you could tread lightly in that. Like you could look it up and sort of go, oh, this is this and this and this, but like, don't go super deep. If you want to go super deep and it's bothering you, reach out to a certified feng shui professional because it can, it can, you know, that can happen right. anyway, but you can find this information and tread lightly about it. So two different schools of how the the Bagua map is viewed. Uh, I view it based on the front door. So I align the map based on where your front door is. That's BTB feng shui. You can also align it based on just the actual compass. So north, south, east, west, southeast, northwest, uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So different, two different ways. So let's just for sake of conversation, since what I most often do is based on the front door, you're standing in your front door and then there's just this tic-tac-toe map uh, in front of you. So for example, the back left corner of your house, if you're standing at your front door is your abundance area, right? So okay. there's certain, there's always an element that is most at home in that area. There's, which is associated with a color. Um, and then there's just some principles that, you know, like, let's say someone comes to me again, it's always situational, right? It's always intention. It's not just like, oh, your wealth area is not right. Quote unquote. That's never how I practice feng shui because it doesn't make sense. Like if you were telling me like, you know, money just keep, like, I, I feel like I make money and, but I'm not accumulating money. I'm not getting that like wealth that I want to feel that like long-term generational wealth that I want to bring into my life. I'd be like, okay, well, let's look at your wealth area because that's where that energy is at home. Right. Does that make sense? I'm going to stop yeah. and, and do a no, little check-in. Yes. Okay. So I go into your wealth area and I notice that you have like a ton of, let's just say red, right? Like you have a ton of things that are red and like represent representative of fire and it's very chaotic. And it's like, there's just a ton of stuff. And maybe there's like a door there that's always open. It's like, okay. 
So the element most at home in your wealth area is wood and fire actually controls wood, right? So we, we'd want to like rebalance that. Like you're, you're, you're basically burning up all your wealth, right? Like it's going in, it's going out real quick. Does that make sense? Yes. So we, we, you know, work with what you have already to create more harmony in that area. Okay. So it's another way, like it's another way to guide what someone's wanting. So again, if someone's wanting love, we might, we're going to look at their bedroom because that's where love is in general, but we might also look at love and relationships like that area of their home to see what's going on there. So it's just like, you know, feng shui is very, um, what's the word in depth. There's a lot of different lenses. You can look at a situation in a home through, and this is one of them. And so then, so abundance, you would look in this one area, mostly love. You'd look in right, that one. Mostly, not, not mostly. all, not totally, not mostly. <laughs> and then creativity, like, is it like based on that tic-tac-toe? You'd be like this area, like mm-hmm. kitchen or whatever, if that's where it. Well, if it's in the kitchen, yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's the middle, right. So it's, yeah, it gets a little, that now we start to get a little hairy without actually seeing something. Cause it's like, you have to sort of look at your specific home, but it's just, middle you know, right, it's my kitchen, which makes no sense. <laughs> right. And not, not the kitchen, just the middle, right of your home. I know that's no mine. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. And you know, there's just, there's a lot of different things that one learns about like what, you know, what could come up. It's almost like going to a doctor, right? And, and you and you you have a general complaint. I have a headache. Well, the doctor is going to start with the most obvious things that the doctor can think of. And from there, get a little more detailed. So it's the same with feng shui. It's like when someone comes with an intention or with something that they're wanting to clear, like we look at the most obvious things first, and then we get more and more detailed. And as we get more and more detailed, that's where the Bagua map comes in. Um, and then when you get a little further down the road with feng shui, where, where I'm at, where it becomes a lifestyle. So that's, it's just like, you know, just like I have certain beliefs and ideals around how I take care of my body this is as important, if not more important to me at this time, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's something that I practice, right? It's, it's, it's not just like, like what you were saying, it's not just like you set the, the home up and then you're good and you never think about it again. You're constantly in conversation with your space. So I think it's amazing that you have the impetus to move and shift things around, because I think that's, you know, incredibly uh, important and advice that I would give someone in certain situations. So it just becomes this relationship that you're nurturing constantly. You're nurturing your relationship with your home. You're seeing your home as this valuable member in your life that you need to pay attention to and nurture and listen to as well. One of the other things my teacher says is that once you start working with your home, it starts speaking to you. And that sounds a little nutsy to some people at first. I don't think it'll sound nutsy to you, but it's so true. Like this home, especially that I live in now, wow, does it speak? (laughs) It's not quiet. Um, And yeah, it's just like, we're coming into a time where more and more people are seeing that the world is not just what we see in front of us, right? Like they're opening up to the idea of energy and that is feng shui is a part of that it's a it's a part of acknowledging that there are non-material influences that are having a big influence in your life and that when you work with them and aim to be in harmony with them things can 
flow better. It's not transactional. It's not like, oh, I moved my couch to this corner and now I'm rich. It's It doesn't work. Sometimes it does happen like that, but like, that's not the goal. The goal is like slowly over time, you just find that things are just a little more in alignment or, you know, like my sink thing, for example, like things like that happen where it's like, oh, hmm, maybe it's the sink. Like it, you just have another way of looking at your life and of influencing how you manage your energy. Well, you're not, I think also it's that you're not only looking for the abundance anymore, right? Whereas at the beginning, I think there's a time where you're like, well, what is the outcome? Like I need to mm -hmm. see the proof of it. Uh, I think, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, I, I was more logical based where it would have been like, unless I see my couch and therefore I am going to see that money's coming in whereas now I'm like it is just who I am and so I'm right. gonna move the couch and it's all just gonna be I don't need the proof anymore and right. so it sounds similar to when I when I did level one in in Reiki training it was you know just the beginning stage whereas now it is all lifestyle does that make sense Totally. So now, now it's like, well, now I, it's about my food and how I infuse it. And it's about how I do the shoes and it's not just that I teach it. So I, it totally makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's, there's so many layers to it. And I do think that like speaking about your dad in the nineties, I feel like we all sort of began hearing about it. Like, oh, it's totally. very feng, feng shui. And then it, it's like it went away mm. and it's back. It's just that people aren't identified. This is at least my, well, it's back. And some people are identifying it as feng shui. That's not totally untrue, but uh, I was saying this in um, the context of a, a, like a group class that I was in. I was like, I feel like it's, there's a lot of things that are happening on the internet and social media. I mean, clutter, right? Clutter's having a moment, right? And that's so feng shui, right? That's from right. feng shui. So it's like people are practicing feng shui without knowing that they're practicing feng shui, which is fine. Um, yeah. And I do think that it's, you know, traditional feng shui is going to become more and more um, popular and, and more and more understood. And yeah, I get it because it, it is something that requires patience and and time and I do think really working with somebody that is studied with it because it it is the type of thing that you really can get confused when you try and do it yourself like it can be very confusing so um and that was me like I was the person like googling it and trying to figure out how to do it and getting frustrated and like confused and am I doing this right and oh my god if I put my couch in this corner again like is, is the world gonna end you know <laughs> so so I think like finding um a level-headed practitioner that is in alignment with the way you want to be seen is uh, is really important in a feng shui journey. And um, there's lots of ways, there's lots of easier uh, like uh, ways to do that. And there's lots of great people on the internet as well to follow. But I think even your example of like what looking under your bed is so key. Like what's in your cupboards that you still have? Yeah. And like, what is under your bed? Like how many of us yeah. do hold stuff or in our closets? Totally. And I would say like, if there's one tip that I would give yes. based on this conversation, it's 
and that that will could change someone's life really just doing this is to walk around your home and do exactly that plus one thing. So see, first of all, if you have anything under your bed and you can have nothing under your bed, go with nothing under your bed because the energy that you're sleeping over is really important and we want that space to flow. So if it's possible to have absolutely nothing under your bed, go with absolutely nothing. If you absolutely have to have stuff under your bed, try and have it be soft stuff, pillows, sweaters, blankets, things that are soft and fluffy so that you can rest easily and you don't have anything quote unquote sharp underneath you, right? Feng Shui is all about metaphor, okay? So that's one thing. Then do what you said, go through, what are you holding on to that doesn't fit anymore? What are you holding on to that's not representative of who you are right now and who are you becoming, right? And really see what that means for you. And then the final step in that is to go through your home and fix or attend to anything that is broken. So if you have lights that are not working, if you have what, like my example, if a drain that's slow, if you have a door that creaks, if you have things that are just not functioning optimally, I know it's such an, oh, don't make me do that, right? Like it can be that, but I'm telling you, like that is step one. Like we are not going to get to the fun, sparkly feng shui remedies where we're like doing fun things. At least if you work with me, you're never going to get to those fun things unless we attend to the oh, it's true. things that need to be fixed. Yeah. It's just like how you attend to your own body. Like do not- right not get to the sparkly until you actually think so true yeah I just think so that all, can be I mean, all the light bulbs I need to fix yeah. and light is so important right like what are you hiding oh. from what do you need to illuminate in your life like there's so many metaphors oh. right yeah so it's true I mean that can break seriously like if you do if you're like feng shui is not for me but I kind of want to do a little something because she's got me like somewhat convinced just do that like look what's oh, under is- your bed Look what you're holding on to that's old and outdated and fix everything in your house. And I would fix everything in your house first, actually, even though it's annoying. It, down to the gutters and the leaves. Like, let's be serious, right? So like, did you do all that? Well, I'm really lucky right now because I live in a very small apartment. So yeah. <laughs> that's not that hard. But, you know, I'm moving into a home and I will do all that. Like, I will make sure that my house is in order. And look, there's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no judgment here. If that takes you a year, that takes you a year. Even if you just start by saying, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. Your intention is to do this. My intention is for my home to be functioning well. It might take me some time. I have two kids and like, you know, the last thing I have time to think about is the light bulb in the garage. Fine. But like you're starting the process. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It just, it's just becoming part of your intention. Your home will acknowledge that like, oh, she's, he's, they hear me. And like, eventually you're going to fix me. Yes. I'll just say one thing I know I've been rattling on now for quite some time, but fantastic. So here's one example with this current place. So we live in a rental apartment while we've been building our home. Um, I have a feeling my daughter could be joining us in a moment. She does. Oh, I love it. She can come say hi. But anyway, um, we have these like crap, pardon my French, blinds. Okay. And, but Doug and I are like, oh, we don't want to spend money on window treatments. We're not going to be here that long. Like they're fine, whatever. And so we, we went with like, they're fine, whatever for like a year. And slowly we just started replacing them. Right. We're like, oh, well, this one we use a lot. Let's replace this one. Oh, this one we use a lot. So last year I was sitting in the living room, looking at these 
you know, they're like the classic crappy blinds with like the, that you see on like motels, whatever. I was like, they, they have to be replaced. Like they, they cannot, they cannot do this anymore. So we spent a little money and we replaced the blinds and it was like life changing. <laughs> like All of a sudden I was opening and closing the blinds. All of a sudden I was like letting light in. I was looking at that area that I was kind of like, ah, that part of my house to like, ah, like it's just little things like that. I don't even know how I said that, but yes, that's a good example. I think you're, what you're saying is so right. And even when you're talking about the intention, I, I always say to people when they're talking about spending money and I always mm. say, you know, make sure your debt is being paid before you go out for things. And um, the intention behind it is so important. So all of this is so, so important. So when you're, when you're saying make a list of like, that's just what came to my head. Just yeah, to make a list. It's a great the idea, idea yeah. for myself of my house is like, okay, I've got that wobbly door and that wobbly door. But if I was to say like, okay, that is the intention for the next year to say, I've got this many light bulbs and this is what is going to be done. And, da, 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 da. and then you're just basically adding to that list because it's just going to happen again. But you're right. creating an intention list for your whole house. You're, main, you're saying to your house, I love you. And yeah. that sweetness is so important. Uh, you said something so beautiful before we came on the air and I'm not going to say it right, but it was something like um, resting into the motherhood. Of- mm. I, oh, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, okay. yeah, you know, we were talking about motherhood and feng shui and, and I was saying like, it's become, you know, maybe even more important. I don't have nearly as much time as I did prior to having a baby to tend to my home, but because of the work that I've already put in and because of you know, the intention that's already there. It's like, I feel like my home is nurturing me while I'm nurturing my child. And that, you know, my home is like giving me a lot of grace. It's like, just do the bare minimum, like just vacuum and sweep and dust and, you know, maybe put a bowl of salt out every once in a while. And we got you like, you know, it's just, it's, it's lovely to feel held by your home in different times of your life. And I think that that's like a major thing that I, look to and when you know when I think about like the broader scope of feng shui it's like it's not going to prevent things from happening in your life it's not going to prevent difficulty from coming to your door but when difficulty does come to your door if you feel like you have this safe haven that's so cared for and that can care for you in those times that you can rest in that you can truly rest in because when your home is aligned you can rest when your home when you open the door and you're like, uh, dishes, chaos, bleh, there's no rest. Right. So yeah, I think that's what you're, you're getting at. It's like, that's another big, um, big intention of mine, just in general, as a practitioner is to help people have that respite, that rest, that place that feels safe. And that could be one room that you're renting or a whole house or an office. Like it doesn't have to be any specific thing. Like it, 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 it works with, you can feng shui a desk like it's it it's it's very inclusive <laughs> i love it i love it yeah. and i and thank you for sharing all of that with us and and explaining it so well and uh and yeah always cody just i'm glad i'm glad i explained it well because really oh no, you did felt, blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> i'm going immediately to check under my bed <laughs> Yes, please. Everyone check under their bed if you can, if you want to. Yeah, it's amazing what is under the beds. It's really oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I don't want to take a photo of what's under my bed. <laughs> you better text me later and tell me what's under your bed. I'm, I'm going to be wondering. 
I'm going to be like, that is why maybe I have still have held. Energy. I keep my extra knife set under my bed. Great. You know what? I've always <laughs> had, a, I've had a bat under my bed here. That's what we're going to, um, because see, so what should we say about that? Cause I'm always, oh. I need to protect my voice. And so I've always been okay. Like, well here again, like, okay, this is such a good example, Cindy. So good. Okay. I'm so glad you said this. Okay. So yeah. Okay. We can look at this from two ways. One, we could just look at it straight head on. Like, what does that mean? Having a bat under your bed? Like, mm, okay. But your intention with that bat is to protect your family. When yes. you see that bat, you feel safety. Thanks. You feel I'm going to protect my family. So that's what that is caring for you. So then everything else is null and void. And it's like a wonderful thing to have under your bed. Okay, great. Now I just have a dog. So I probably don't. <laughs> Oh God. Sounds like you don't need the bat with the dog. <laughs> so I can just get rid of the bat and just have all softness under the bed. <laughs> yeah, totally. You can keep the bat like in a closet or something. Yes, totally. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. And thank My you, pleasure. Cody. You're just going to start another season off. Really excited. And I'm happy mm -hmm. to be back. Me and so too. where can and find you? Yeah. So, uh, Instagram is the best place to connect with me these days. Um, it'll probably be written out to Cindy or tag yep. me or something, but it's yep, at C-O-D-Y-M-A-H-E-R 18. And I am doing a, a really great feng shui class in the new year on January 11th. Um, it's awesome. If you're new to feng shui, or if it's been a while and you need a little moment, it's basically working with the three power spots of the home. So there's three, what we consider as power spots, which are the kitchen, the bedroom, and the front door. And we're going to do a deep dive on all of those and give you really practical tools and tips to optimize those areas of your home. Um, there's also a private telegram chat that you're in the entire, the three weeks of the course where you can like send me photos and ask me questions, videos, like look at your specific situation. Um, and that starts January 11th. It's all recorded. So you don't have to be there live. Um, and it lives in perpetuity. You can always come back to it. And if you sign up before January 1st, you can use the code chirp, like early bird chirp <laughs> for a nice discount as well. Awesome. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. That's exciting. Look at you. You're yeah, starting. it's going to be fun. Oh, new mom and doing all that. You're impressive. That's good. Well, yeah. I mean, it'll be in the afternoon when my husband's yeah. home. So it'll be good. It'll, it's going to be good. And uh, yeah, we did. I did a, a version of this class in last year um, and it went really well. So I'm excited to do it live again. It's going to be fun. That's so good. It's so, I'm yeah. so happy for you. So Thank you. Yeah, it was so good to talk to you. Thank so you so much for having me. You. Yes, of course. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. Bye. Mwah. Mwah. Thank you so much for tuning in today and for listening every week. If this podcast really meant something to you, please pay it forward and share it with somebody in your life we often don't realize how much that can mean in the life of so many people paying it forward is the ripple effect that really transfers love and meaning in a simple yet meaningful way not just with this podcast but with a smile with a gesture, with an offer of support, 
those are what we can do by transferring love and kindness. So at the grocery store, at the gas station, even in your own home, those gentle in-between moments that we sometimes forget are the simplest and easiest ways to help with the ripple effect of love.